Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed last week's transcription analysis of Ben Patterson's My Shining Hour from his Blues for Oscar album. It's always a treat to have Josh Walsh on Jazz Piano Skills, and I look forward to future transcription analysis with Josh as we seek and seek out and look for fantastic solos and put them under the microscope, so to speak, to illuminate all the little hidden gems, right? To help us develop our own jazz vocabulary and improvisational skills. Well, Transcription Tuesday was last week, and this week we're moving on. We're going on to discover a key of D major harmonic workout, and we're going to learn how to think within the key of D major harmonically. And we are going to play essential jazz piano voicings, the block chords, traditional contemporary shells, two-handed shapes, using common harmonic motion. And on top of all that, we are going to explore various rhythmic comping patterns, focusing on sixteenth, the 16th dotted eighth rhythm. So, as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you consider yourself a seasoned and experienced professional, you're going to find this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson exploring a key of D major harmonic workout to be very beneficial. But before we dig in, I want to take just a few minutes, as I always do at the beginning of every Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, to welcome new listeners to the Jazz Piano Skills program, to the Jazz Piano Skills podcast. And if you are indeed new to Jazz Piano Skills, I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. All you have to do to become a member, it's pretty simple. Just visit jazzpianoskills.com, and once you arrive at the homepage, you can begin to explore, you can begin to poke around a little bit and check out the abundance of jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you to help you significantly improve your jazz piano skills. For example... You, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, will have access to all of the educational podcast packets. Now, these are educational uh, tools and materials that I put together each and every week for each and every podcast episode. The illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs. Now, these are invaluable educational tools that you definitely want to have in your hands as you listen to the podcast episode. And you also want to have them sitting on the piano as you practice as well. As a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the online sequential jazz piano curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses. On all of them, all of the courses use a self-paced format. There are educational talks to listen to and enjoy, interactive media to help test your conceptual understanding of the jazz piano skills, video demonstrations of the skills in all 12 keys, play-alongs, and much more. You also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, have a reserved seat, as I like to say, in the weekly online masterclasses, which are, in essence, a one-hour online lesson with me each and every week. You also, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, have access to the online interactive fake book, which grants you 
uh, access to jazz standards from the Great American Songbook. You'll be able to enjoy the chord changes lead sheets. There are harmonic function lead sheets, play-along files, historical insights, inspirational recordings, and much more. It's an ever-growing collection of tunes that you should absolutely discover, learn, and play. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the online private Jazz Piano Skills community. Now, this community hosts a variety of engaging forums. There are podcast-specific forums, there are course-specific forums, and there are also just general Jazz Piano forums for you to enjoy. Of course, you have access to all of them, and you will be able to contribute here, did you hear that? You'll, you will be able to contribute to them as well, which I strongly encourage you to do. I want you to share, engage, and grow. And last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to unlimited private, personal, and professional educational support provided by me whenever and as often as you need it. Again, just Take a few minutes, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all the excellent educational opportunities that await you and how to activate your membership easily and quickly. Now, there are several membership plans to choose from, and I have no doubt there's one that is just perfect for you. But nevertheless, if you're poking around, you have some questions, you need some help, do not hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to spend time with you, answer any questions that you may have, and help you in any way that I can. Okay, now, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's get after this key of D major harmonic workout. All right, if you have been listening for the last 10 months, then you know that when we embark upon a new key, we go through this little this little mental exercise to get us pumped up about the new key we are about to tackle. We go through this little routine every month because, well, it's now tradition and because I love doing it. <laughs> it's fun. So are you ready? Okay, say it along with me. Here we go. The keys of C, F, and B flat are over. The keys of E-flat, A-flat, D-flat, over. The keys of G-flat, B, and E, way over. And the key of A major, last month, old news, it's over. It's time, time to move on to the key of D major. Doesn't that feel great? Of course. Of course it does. It always feels good moving on. Even if I know I do not have a complete handle on the skills that I've been working on, right? I still feel there are some loose ends to tie up. Even so, and I've said this many times throughout this journey, it's a big deal to keep forging ahead, no matter what, no matter how many loose ends you think you may have, no matter how well you think you have mastered or not mastered the essential jazz piano skills in the previous keys, or how shaky you may be believe that your jazz piano skills are in the previous keys. 
irrelevant. We must always be moving forward. Forward motion, without question, is the key to developing our jazz piano skills. It is the key to becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. Now, I I mentioned this point for the last several months, if not the last 10 months. And, of course, I want to bring it to your attention again that if, if you are truly serious about improving your jazz piano playing, which I know you are, right, because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast, then your goal should be to experience as much data as possible. In other words, you must plan, have a plan, to efficiently and successfully cycle through essential jazz piano skills in all 12 keys. Your jazz journey must constantly be experiencing forward motion. As I like to say, you cannot allow grass to grow under your feet when trying to become a jazz pianist. You've heard me say this before as well. The number one reason why people find it challenging, so challenging, to improve their jazz piano playing is that they continually practice the same things in the same keys in the same way over and over and over again. In essence, right? In essence, what they're doing, they're running in place. They never push forward and move through the keys as we have set out to do throughout this entire year of 2022. 12 months, 12 keys, right? Essential jazz piano skills, voicings, scales, arpeggios, chord scale relationships, improvisation, rhythm. Wow. Such a good plan, such a good approach, and such a good time frame. 12 months, 12 keys. So today we begin tackling the key of D major. So as I have stressed over and over, once we move on, we move on. In other words, we do not try to sneak back to the previous keys just to check out how well we remember the voicings or the scales or the arpeggios. It's over. It's time to move on. So the books on the key of A major last month, October, the books on the key of A major are over, which we we spent the entire month, right, exploring all the skills, all of our voicings, chord scale relationships, rhythms, they're all, it's over. We march on with much excitement and anticipation to the key of D major. And as we have done with the previous keys, we, we have explored throughout this year, C, F, B flat, E flat, A flat, D flat, G flat, B, E, and A. We begin harmonically. We will explore the seven chords of the key of D major today. D major 7, E minor 7, F sharp minor 7, G major 7, A dominant 7, B minor 7, and C sharp half diminished. And we're going to do our exploration. We're going to explore these chords using four, as we've always done, four specific approaches to voicing each chord. 
are blocks, traditional shells, contemporary shells, and two-handed shapes. And we will then, as we did with all of our previous keys, apply those voicings to various rhythmic patterns, which have become increasingly more and more challenging each month. Now remember, you can take you can take all those various rhythmic patterns that we have studied throughout the years, year, <laughs> throughout the year in various keys, right? And you can play them using the voicings that we are about to get under our fingers for the key of D major. And that's not only okay, but it's a great idea to keep bring, carrying our rhythms forward with us, right? And And you should absolutely be doing this, bringing the rhythms forward throughout the year as we move through all 12 keys. Now, I have, throughout this year, spent quite a bit of time talking about improvisational vocabulary. And I'm going to spend a little more time talking about it again today. And I want to, I want to revisit my thoughts because they're important thoughts that we need to hear again and again and again so that they sink in, right? It's that important. These thoughts are, are that important to our musical and jazz development that I want to spend some time, just a little bit of time, going through them again today. Now, when we jazz educators talk about developing improvisational vocabulary, and whenever this topic comes up, it, it is always discussed. I, I can bet my bottom dollar on it. It's always going to be discussed from a melodic point of view. In other words, improvisation vocabulary has become synonymous with melodic playing, which is only a third of the equation. It's only a third of the entire picture. In addition to emphasizing melodic development, we need to spend time discussing and focusing on harmonic development and rhythmic development when the topic of improvisation vocabulary is mentioned. And that is precisely what, that's precisely what all of the harmonic workouts are all about. The harmonic and rhythmic development. Your harmonic and rhythmic development. So when studying a solo, a melodic transcription, we do so, right? We always do so. If we do it correctly, in such a way that the ideas and the approaches to melodic development displayed by the artist serve as a launching pad or gateway to the discovery of our own melodic creativity. Now, now I've said this before many times as well. We don't, we don't study a Bill Evans transcription in hopes to become an, an inferior replica of Bill Evans. That's crazy. We study a Bill Evans transcription so that Bill Evans can serve as our escort, as our teacher to introduce us to our very own creative reservoir. If you have not thought about this and the purpose of studying transcriptions, then I strongly encourage you to do so. And think about this as well. When we focus on harmonic development, voicings, and rhythmic development, which is time, we should be doing so 
in the spirit of discovering our own unique form of musical expression as well, right? Again, musical expression is not just limited to melodic invention. And again, this is precisely what the harmonic and the melodic workouts have been all about throughout this entire year. The voicings I share with you help you discover the sounds, the harmony that you are drawn to. And the rhythms I introduce are done so to help you develop a more robust internal sense of what I like to call expressive time. This is certainly a lot to process and digest what I've just mentioned. So I want you to think about it. And if you need to listen to it over and over again, do so. Think about it. And of course, if you have any questions, as always, please let me know. I'm happy to spend time with you, answer any questions that you may have. So today we tackle the key of D major. And the educational agenda for today is as follows. Number one, we begin our key of D major harmonic workout for November. Number two, we are going to play essential harmonic voicings that you need to discover, learn, and play. Block shapes, traditional shells, contemporary shells, and two-handed shapes. Number three, we are going to utilize a very relaxed swing groove of 90 today when working on our voicings. Number four, and on our rhythms. Number four, we will explore 12 comping rhythms focusing on the 16th dotted eighth combination. Now, last month, we had focused entirely on, primarily on the dotted eighth sixteenth pattern. Today, we begin, we flip it around and we go with the sixteenth dotted eighth combination. And number five, we will apply our rhythmic comping patterns to the classic 2-5-1 progression in the key of D major, E minor 7, A dominant 7, D major 7. If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I want you to take a few minutes right now, hit the pause button, and I want you to access and download and print your podcast packets, the illustrations and the lead sheets. Your membership grants you access to all of the educational podcast packets for every weekly podcast episode. And as I mentioned earlier, you should be using these podcast packets when listening to this episode to follow along. And of course, you should be using them when you are practicing. So take a few minutes right now to download and print your podcast packets. If you are listening to this podcast packet on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, Amazon, Spotify, there's iHeartRadio, Pandora, the list goes on and on, then be sure to go directly to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download your podcast packets, and you will find the active download links in the show notes. And one final but really significant message here. If you are listening and you are thinking that the key of D major harmonic workout and the various skills that we are about to discover, learn, and play are over your head, 
then I would say to you, please, no worries, relax, sit back and continue to listen and continue to grow your jazz piano skills intellectually by just simply listening to this podcast episode. Every new skill, every new skill is over our heads when first introduced. But this is how we get better, right? This, this is how we grow. We, we, with courage, place ourselves ourselves smack dab in the middle of conversations where we have absolutely no idea what people are talking about, <laughs> right? Where we're hearing things that we've never heard before. And we are forced, we are literally forced to grow intellectually. I say it all the time. All musical growth begins upstairs, mentally, conceptually before it can come out downstairs, physically, in your hands. So with that being said, sit back, listen to this podcast lesson now to discover and learn. The play will come in time. It always does, I guarantee it. Okay, the very first thing I want to address is the last page of your lead sheets packet. It's labeled Skill 17. And the title of the page is Comping Rhythms. You will notice that there are 12 rhythmic patterns labeled letter A through letter L. You will also notice that these rhythmic patterns focus primarily on the 16th dotted 8th pattern. And you will also notice that each of these rhythmic patterns is to be played with the 2-5-1 progression, which is precisely what I am going to do today, what I will model for you today. Now... With that being said, do not bypass practicing skills 1 through 16 found in your lead sheets packet. All four voicing types should be practiced first without rhythm and as, as notated in your lead sheets and as outlined, right, before, before tackling skill 17. Now also, use the play-alongs included in your podcast packets, right? I, I don't mention these enough, but they're invaluable play-alongs that you should be utilizing when practicing. Now, I do not have time in this podcast episode to play through all 16 exercises and, and the 12 rhythmic patterns. So I'm going to trust that you do not get the cart ahead of the horse, that you take the time to study and to practice skills 1 through 16 to make sure you have a handle on each of these four voicing types as applied to the chords found in the key of D major. Right? Then, once you've worked on your voicings for D major, E minor, F sharp minor 7, G major 7, A dominant 7, B minor 7, and C sharp half diminished, then you can turn your attention to developing your comping skills using the voicings as you play the 2-5-1 progression in the key of D major. E minor 7, A dominant 7, D major 7. Okay? All right, so let's get started. Skill 17. Okay, so we have skill 17 in front of us. And as I mentioned, you can see that there are 12 rhythmic lines to study and to practice, each of them labeled letter A through letter L. And each of them are being played over the 2-5-1 progression in the key of D. Now, I'm going to play through, each exercise is going to play through that 2-5-1 progression six times. First time through, I'm just going to comp very nicely with the 2-5-1. Then the next four um, 
four um, times through, I'm going to play the rhythmic line as notated on your lead sheet. Okay. Now I'm going to be using two-handed voicings today. Now you can use any voicing that you like. You can use your blocks, your traditional shells, contemporary shells. Um, heck, you can use a single note if you want. Uh, you can clap along. The idea here is that we start to really digest these rhythmic ideas. Okay, so um, I'm going to. Oh, then and then the last time through, after repeating each line four times, each uh, each line four times, and the last time through, I'll just play two five one again to to cleanse the palate and in the uh, in the exercise. Okay, so basically six times through for each rhythmic line A through L. First time and last time, I'm just playing two, five, one. The four times in between, I'm playing the rhythmic line as notated on your lead sheet. Okay, so now let's look at letter A. In fact, letter A, B, C, and D, I want you to glance at with me here um, and kind of see what's going on. I'm taking this, we're focusing, as I mentioned, we're focusing on the 16th dotted eighth rhythm. And in letter A, as I have done, with previous um, uh, rhythms throughout the year, I'm actually placing that rhythm on count four of measure one, two, and three. And I'm resting, I'm resting on count, uh, I'm resting on measure four, just to rest in what I like to call rest and assess, where I get a chance to have a little breather and make any adjustments that I need to make before repeating the line over again. So the last measure as a measure of rest is intentional. I like to call it, as I said, rest and assess. So letter A, our 16th dotted eighth pattern is placed on count four. And letter B, you can see I shifted to count three. Letter C, I shifted to count two. And letter D, I shifted to count one. And again, each line, each of those four lines, A, B, C, and D, have a measure rest at the end because we're focusing, really locking in on this 16th dotted eighth rhythm placed on each beat within the measure. Okay, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter A. Relaxed swing groove of 90. Okay, here we go. Let's check it out. funky, right? The, the 16th dotted eighth. But hey, you know the good news here, for all of, the, all of you that like to rush, 
this rhythm's going to feel right at home, right? You just you're just rushing the. It's like a pair of eighth notes that are really horribly rushed. <laughs> I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, but but there is some truth to that. Okay, it is a funky little rhythm. Again, it's just it's the polar opposite of what we did uh, last month with with our uh, eighth with our dotted eighth sixteenth pattern. But we're going to bring that pattern back in as we move through the uh, lines today. All right, so now we're going to play this same 16th dotted eighth rhythmic idea, but now we're going to shift it to count three, okay? So we have a half note for counts one and two, followed by our 16th dotted eighth in measures one, two, and three, followed by a measure of rest to make any adjustments that we need to make before doing it again. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's have a little fun and play Letter B. Here we go. letter B, that half note. You want to hold on to that for two entire count. Don't cut that half note short. Let it ring for two full counts. And then the other challenge is playing that 16th dotted eighth and holding that dotted eighth through the rest of count three, but releasing it before count four. So there's a lot of detail here in these in these rhythms that we need to pay attention to to have them actually be articulated and sounded correctly. So with that being said, let's take a look at letter C. Now again, we're just moving our 16th dotted eighth rhythm to count two. We have a quarter note placed on count one, and, and like our half note in letter B, we want make sure you hold that, that quarter note for its full value, followed by the 16th dotted eighth on count two. Hold that dotted eighth until count three, because we're resting on three and four. This same rhythmic motif occurs on count, uh, measure one, measure two, and measure three. Again, we have a, a rest in measure four for us to catch our breath, rest and assess, make any adjustments that we need to make, and we do it all over again. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter C. Here we go.
never as easy as it may look on the page. Rhythms are always, you know, they, they might look easy uh, visually, but to play them correctly, that's a different story and oftentimes very much more challenging than what they appear to be. So now let's take a look at letter D. We shift our 16th dotted eighth pattern to, to count one. So we have uh, the pattern played on count one for measures one, two, and three. Each of those measures is followed by a quarter rest on count two and then half rest on counts three and four. And then a measure rest at the end again to uh, make any adjustments that we need to before playing the line over again. All right. So once again, let's bring our ensemble in. We're playing at a nice, relaxed swing groove of 90. And again, I'm just playing it at 90. If you need to be playing it at a much slower tempo, <laughs> please do so. I think that goes without saying. In fact, I think even slower is better. So drop it down to 80, 70, 60, right? Uh, set yourself up for success. Do not try to play these rhythms at a tempo that is unmanageable, right? Which will will, will call, cause a collapse in your playing, right? Always establish a tempo that's going to set you, you set yourself up for success. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter D. Here we go. So now we've taken the time with A, B, C, and D to take our 16th dotted eighth rhythm and explore it by placing it on each beat of the measure, on count four, to count three, to count two, to count one. So now we start bringing in some uh, rhythms that we've explored in the past in previous months. And what better rhythm to bring in than our our dotted eighth sixteenth that we explored and focused on last month. So look at letter E. We have the sixteenth dotted eighth followed by the dotted eighth sixteenth in measure one. We're going to repeat that same rhythmic idea in measure two. Then check out measure three. Traditional straight eighths on counts one and three. Followed again immediately with our sixteenth dotted eighth dotted eighth sixteenth. So those eighth notes in measure three are placed in there so that you can really establish a very obvious compare and contrast between eighth notes played just normally with a nice swing feel versus the sixteenth dotted eighth and the dotted eighth sixteenth. All right, so let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter E.
Here we go. should all begin taking on a unique sound, each and every one of them. The 16th dotted eighth, the dotted eighth 16th, and then our straight eights. All right. So now let's take a look at letter F. We have a dotted eighth 16th followed by a quarter followed by a 16th dotted eighth in measure one. We're going to repeat that exact same idea in measure two with the five chord. And we're going to repeat the exact same idea again in measure three on the one chord. Okay? So the same rhythmic motif played with our two, our five, and our one, followed by a measure of silence so we can catch our breath, rest, and assess, and make any adjustments that we need to make before doing it all over again. So let's bring the ensemble in, and let's listen to and enjoy letter F. Here we go. G. We're just going to flip everything that we just did in letter F, right? Instead of focusing on the dotted 8th, 16th pattern, we're going to focus on the dotted 16th, 8th. So measure 1, measure 2, measure 3, same melodic motif or a rhythmic motif all the way through, right? 16th, dotted 8th, followed by a quarter note, then a dotted 8th, 16th, followed by a quarter rest. Repeat the same idea in measure 2. Repeat the same idea in measure three, followed by a measure of rest to rest and assess, make adjustments before we start the process all over again. 
So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check out letter G and see what we think. Here we go. We're getting a handle on our 16th dotted eighth, on our dotted eighth sixteenth, on our eighth notes, right? Quarter notes. Well, let's let's take a look at letter H and why not bring in some more rhythms that we've dealt with throughout the year, right? So check out count one of measure one. We have our eighth sixteenths, right? Pair of six eighth note beamed with a pair of sixteenth notes. Woo. And we have that again appearing again in measure two, right? Oh, we also have, in measure one, we also have a tied note. You know, we have our 16th dotted eighth on count three, but it's tied to count four. So make sure you hold that through when you play. And then measure three, we have quarter note triplets uh, making a, an appearance. And, and then again, uh, appearing again in measure four, quarter note, uh, quarter note triplets. So... Yay, man! We got some, we got some rhythms that we've, uh, some more rhythms that we've dealt with throughout the year. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's have a little fun and check out letter H. Here we go. stacking these rhythms that we've studied throughout the year and we start we keep putting them side by side and it definitely doesn't get any easier and, and letter i is not any easier either either right check it out now all of a sudden we have four 16th notes beamed together followed by a 16th dotted eighth tied to a half note in measure one check out what happens in measure two <laughs> <laughs> 
We have our four sixteenth notes being together again, this time followed by a dotted eighth sixteenth tied to our half note. Then look at measure three. How about this? You knew this was coming, right? Eighth notes. Series of eighth notes falling on the back side of the beat. We have an eighth note on the back side of two, on the back side of three, on the back side of four. And then in measure four, we have a pair of eighth notes. And then another, just for good measure, another eighth note on the back side of two, count two. And then we just have a couple couple rests. We have a half rest on counts three and four to kind of catch our breath before doing all this madness over again. So... Let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter I. Here we go. awesome. So letter J. Yep. We got some new rhythms uh, for today. I mean, we've dealt with all of these throughout the year. So in letter J, we start off with our dotted quarter eighth combination followed by our 16th dotted eighth. Then check out measure two. Got triplets again, but this time eighth note triplets on counts one and two followed immediately on count three with our dotted eighth 16th. In measure three, we have our dotted eighth, sixteenth on count one and count three, followed in count four with that sixteenth dotted eighth on count one, and then back to the dotted eighth, sixteenth on count three. Wow, a lot to pay attention to. So let's uh, let's check this out and see what we think. Here we go. Letter J. Okay, so 
letter K, we're back to measure one. We're back to eighth notes that are, you know, single eighth notes that are falling on the backside of count two, three, and four. Look at measure two. We got our 16th dotted eighth followed by a quarter note, then followed immediately by a dotted eighth sixteenth tied to count four, a quarter note on count four. We have our eighth note triplets again appearing in measure three, followed immediately by the sixteenth dotted eighth rhythmic idea with a tied note to count four. And then in measure four, wow, eighth note on the backside of one, eighth note on the backside of two, followed immediately with a sixteenth dotted eighth eighth on count three and then a single quarter rest at the end so we don't have much time to catch our breath before we start this this entire line over again so this is this is challenging so let's bring the ensemble in and let's take a listen to letter k here we go the line letter l so check it out we have in measure one 16th dotted eighth followed by a 16th dotted eighth followed by a dotted eighth 16th measure two i'm going to flip it i'm just going to flip it over we're going to go dotted eighth to 16th dotted eighth 16th followed by 16th dotted eighth and then a quarter rest then measure three, we're going to do the same kind of uh, flip-flop again. We're going to start with our 16th dotted eighth, followed by a dotted eighth 16th, followed by a quarter note and a quarter rest. And we're going to then flip-flop that. We're going to do dotted eighth to 16th, 16th the dotted eighth, followed by a quarter note. So if you haven't picked up on this by now, I think it's, well, I think you probably have, right? That... Practicing the letter A through L, you're going to get a really good handle on playing 16th dotted eighths and dotted eighths sixteenths, right? It's, these are two rhythmic motifs that should become very, very comfortable for you, okay? So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check out letter L. Here we go.
done it again. As always, we have unpacked an amazing amount of information in one very short and very fast hour. Do not, again, I want to stress, do not underestimate the importance of being able to play rhythmic patterns in time. Right? Do not underestimate that. You need to spend time developing your rhythmic vocabulary. As with all the rhythmic patterns we have studied throughout the year, we have, we have been focusing on developing your ability to track and feel time. And so often when students struggle with playing jazz is because of their inability to successfully track time. In other words, knowing where count one is, where is count two, count three, count four, and not guess, right? I, you know, with all that being said, do not, do not underestimate playing four quarter notes over and over again in time. I cannot stress how important that is. I give that assignment to every single student, and every single student kind of wants to roll their eyes as if that is just way too fundamental, way too simple, because they're capable of playing so much more complicated rhythms, but yet being able to play four quarter notes in time, and then to be able to play some melody on top of those four quarter notes being played in time, a melody or improvisational line, yeah, right, not so basic. So do not underestimate the importance of the most simplistic rhythmic idea, four quarter notes, four to the bar, as they call it, right? But all of these rhythms are very important, and all of them should be studied, and all of them should be practiced, right? In reality, you have a greater chance. I'm, I've said this before. You have a greater chance at winning the lottery, being struck by lightning, or leaping tall buildings in a single bound. If you do not understand rhythms, you have a greater chance of all of that happening than becoming a jazz pianist if you do not understand the concept of rhythm and time. Now, next week, we are going to jump into the key of D major melodically. And of course, I will introduce some new rhythmic twist for that workout as well. And once again, I just I want you to encourage all of you jazz panel skills members to use these packets, right? Have them in front of you, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs to guide you as you study and practice these rhythmic, these voicings and these rhythmic ideas. These are educational tools that will help you, I promise, help you gain a mastery of the jazz piano skills, conceptually, physically, musically, right? Musically. So maybe even most important, and I mention this every week as well, be patient, right? Developing mature professional jazz piano skills takes a lot of time. And, and, and begin structuring your, your practicing after the playing demonstrations that I modeled for you in this podcast and in the previous podcast episodes. And I guarantee it that you will begin to see, feel, and hear your progress. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring the key of D major harmonic workout to be insightful. And of course, I hope you find it to be very beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills Ensemble member, I will see you online Thursday evening 
at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass. That's 8 p.m. Central Time. To discuss this podcast episode lesson, exploring a key of D major harmonic workout in greater detail, and of course, to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Again, use those educational podcast packets, your illustrations, your, your lead sheets, and play alongs. Also, check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses, they will maximize your musical growth. And also, make sure that you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get out there, get involved, and contribute to the various forums. And most importantly, make some new jazz piano friends. Once again, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050. My extension is 211 here at the Dallas School of Music. Or you can reach out by email, Dr. Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, which is a handy, nifty little widget. I love it. That is found throughout. It's laced throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there it is. There's my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the key of D major harmonic workout. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.